This episode is brought to you by ProMensal. About two-thirds of women experience some sort of change in their thinking skills during menopause. It might be forgetfulness or it might be concentration problems or it might be difficulties making decisions, but there is some sort of foggy thinking that happens for women during menopause. Welcome to the start of Series 3 of Thriving in Menopause, brought to you by Prevention Magazine. I'm Andrea Duval, and today we're chatting about forgetfulness, which affects nearly two-thirds of women going through menopause. I know we've touched on this before, but there's some fascinating new research being done in Melbourne. As anyone going through menopause or perimenopause knows, it's not just forgetting names or walking into a room and having no idea why you're there. It can be struggling to concentrate, and for some people it can be really troubling. Someone who knows all about this is Associate Professor Carolyn Gervich, a clinical neuropsychologist at Monash University in Melbourne. Carolyn is currently investigating brain fog in menopausal women to understand why it happens and what we can do to fix it. Welcome, Caroline. Thank you very much for having me, Andrea. So let's start with the burning question I think many of us ask ourselves when this happens. Is this, in fact, the beginning of dementia? That is a common question that many women do ask me, and it is a source of anxiety as well for many women. And I believe the answer is no. Thankfully, for most women, um, the experience of brain fog during menopause is not likely to be the beginning of a dementia. So women should be reassured that Alzheimer's disease normally develops after the age of 65, so post during postmenopausal years, and then the risk of Alzheimer's increases as women are in their 70s and 80s. So dementia, while it can begin before the age of 65, this is called young onset dementia, it's not common. And um, generally we do see more substantial cognitive difficulties. Okay, so there's something else going on. I'm really interested to find out more, but let's just take a short break And we'll be back. Perimenopause can actually start in your 40s. Declining estrogen production during perimenopause brings on changes to menstrual cycles and often the onset of hot flushes, night sweats, mood swings and sexual problems. Promensal Peri is specifically designed for perimenopausal women and can help relieve these common menopausal symptoms. Promensal Perry is available at leading pharmacies across Australia and offers a cost-effective treatment at under $1 a day. When things start to change, try Promensal Perry. Always read the label and follow the directions for use. Okay, we're back. So brain fog isn't a medically recognised condition, right? Yeah, correct. So... Um, the term brain fog is not a medical term. It's not really a psychological term. It's just a lay term that women use to describe what they're experiencing. It's a really good term. It really captures that kind of foggy thinking that many women experience. So as a neuropsychologist, what sort of things do people present with when they're having these issues? Yeah, the main things that women describe, and I think you mentioned this besides that, that forgetfulness. So it might be, as you said, that experience of walking into the room and then thinking, why am I here? Or getting to the shops and you haven't written a little list and you know there's something missing that you forgot and you're just forgetting that. Word finding difficulties are also really commonly described. So you might have a word on the tip of your tongue and you just 
can't get it out or you see someone and you know their name's somewhere in your mental store, but you just can't get that name out. Concentration problems is another one that women um, describe. It might be concentrating on a novel that they previously wouldn't have had difficulty with or dense text from um, different sources that, again, normally they wouldn't have had trouble concentrating, but at different times they really struggled to concentrate and focus their attention. Decision-making is another difficulty that some women describe, so sort of weighing things up and sometimes things just get, you know, overwhelming and it's just too hard to make big decisions or even small decisions. Um, They're probably the main things that women describe to me. I guess the reassuring thing that you find is that after menopause, these these things pass. That is the... We get our our brains back. (laughs) Yes, that is the current thinking that, yes, our brains come back in those postmenopausal years to where they would have been. We might experience patches of brain fog at different times during menopause. Once we are in the postmenopausal years, our thinking skills return to where they should be. One of the things I think is interesting, Caroline, is you're currently recruiting women to take part in an online study into brain fog. Can you tell me what you're hoping to find out? Sure. So the study involves lots of online questions about different menopausal symptoms and quality of life. So things like, you know, sleep and mood symptoms like depression, irritability, anxiety that are all really common during menopause, as well as women's subjective experiences of what's happening to their thinking skills. And then coupled with that, we there's a link to some online memory tasks and attention tasks and different thinking skills. So we're hoping to kind of pull all that information together and really try and understand what is brain fog, what does it relate to in terms of other menopausal symptoms. And then we're also asking women if they're happy to be invited to complete the survey again in the future so we can have a look at consistency over time as well. So that's what the the process is. And then in terms of what we're hoping to to find out, we're just hoping to better characterise what brain fog is and really use that information to provide clearer information for women, to reassure women, and then to develop clearer strategies to help women manage any cognitive difficulties so they can kind of thrive during this time. So in the research you've done so far, Carolyn, have you noticed any connection between brain fog and other menopause symptoms? For example, is it more likely that it, you'll, you'll have this fuzzy thinking if you also experience, say, hot flushes badly? Yeah, so there is some research to show that people can experience brain fog without experiencing any other menopausal symptoms. So it might be on its own a symptom of menopause. You just experience brain fog. But for other women, when they're experiencing hot flushes, sleep problems, mood problems, all of those other menopausal symptoms, it can make thinking a whole lot more foggy. So it can make things worse. So there is both some connection with other menopausal symptoms, but there is also the um, idea that brain fog can happen on its own. So it's likely that the other symptoms just make thinking a whole lot worse. And I think everyone knows that from just day-to-day life, you know, when you're you know, really tired and you haven't been sleeping well or when you're hot and bothered or when you're feeling stressed or anxious, you just don't think clearly. So it's just an extension of that. So it's almost hard to tease out what is just being overwhelmingly busy in life and what's actually triggered by these cascading hormones that are going crazy. Uh, yes, absolutely. Because as we know, menopause happens 
at a time in your life where there's so much going on for so many women. So you might have, you know, children who might be going through puberty or they might be going through their own challenges. You might have elderly, aging parents that you're looking after. You might be at a point in your career where you're doing, you know, really well and trying to juggle a whole lot. So your mental load can be huge. So that in itself can be overwhelming. And then to throw in bad sleep, to throw in the fear of hot flushes or the experience of hot flushes, to throw in feeling just short-tempered and irritable or feeling depressed, all of those things together has an impact on how clearly we can think and how we can process and how we can concentrate. So yes, all of those things together can have a really big impact on our thinking skills. So how many women are you hoping to recruit for this study, Caroline? So we've had about a thousand women click on the first link. So that's um, fantastic. And we're hoping to have about 500 women who go through and complete the whole process of the survey. So we're probably about halfway through women um, taking the time. It takes about 45 minutes to complete the whole survey. So we're hoping that we'll have about 500 women. And with that number, we'll be able to answer some really um, good questions about understanding what's going on. So if you're listening and you're interested, we're going to have a link in the show notes so that you can hop on and, and participate in Caroline's study. I imagine you're looking at the results as you're going. Is there anything that's starting to emerge that you're finding surprising and interesting? Some of the things that we're you know, starting to notice is is that brain fog is real. It, it does happen to women. It is a common experience that women during menopause do have difficulties with their thinking skills and it's varied the the impact it has on women and on their quality of life we don't have like clear answers yet um that's what we're hoping to get so what i gather you're hoping to do based on what you said is that you'll be able to have a toolkit and say ah if this is where you're at do this um would it would there be a magic pill ideally involved (laughs) (sighs) I don't know um, about a magic pill. It's interesting because one of the ideas that underpins the cognitive or thinking skill changes is the hormone changes. So we have a strong hunch that this contributes to the change in thinking skills. And interestingly, when when women take um, hormone replacement therapy, this doesn't magically fix thinking skills. So even when you ingest Um, a type of estrogen, it doesn't improve cognition so far. That's what the literature suggests. So there's something else going on. Yeah, there is definitely something else going on. But um, there are, you know, helpful strategies that women, like really practical things that do seem to be helpful. Um, And then we do have other research that will help us try and understand the science behind the changes in thinking. We'll be right back after this. Okay, we're back. Now, Carolyn, this is the secret source where you're going to share with us how we can stop losing our minds. Yes, I'll do my best. If it is memory that people are experiencing difficulty with, so forgetfulness, um, then it's really important to try and think of ways to, to manage that in your life. So I always advise using a diary, using a calendar, but really using one. So a lot of women say, yes, yes, I've, I've got a diary. But then finding out how much they use it. Do they really plan what's involved in their week? If they have, you know, work meetings and they need to prepare for that as well as, you know, family commitments, as well as 
you know, buying a present for someone on the weekend, all the things you need to do in the week, do they really use their diary to plan it out and then slot in times to do everything, to plan their day? So to break down all your tasks and really use your diary because that is a great way of reducing that mental load and how much you're juggling in your mind, putting it down on paper and you can see it all in front of you then visually and that's a really good way. So some women use um, their phones like an electronic diary. Some women still use a paper diary. It doesn't matter what you use, but the point is to actually really use a diary, really plan things out and to make checklists of whatever you have to do and to tick it off, but to make them really um, practical, small chunks of the task. So not if you've got a massive um, project coming up, don't just write the project down, but break it down into really small, manageable parts of the task that you can tick off. So that's one really good strategy to reduce the amount that you're juggling in your head and to really um, be able to use that diary and calendar to remind you of what you have to do and to plan it all out. So that's one really practical strategy. If it's forgetting names, um, using ideas of either association, so I've got curly hair, so curly Caroline, that kind of thing to help people um, remember names, repeating names back. So if you meet someone for the first time or second time, just making sure you use their name in conversation a few times and that helps encode that name or helps you learn that name. If it's, um, I was speaking to one woman who had difficulty that she'd never previously had just watching a TV series and she'd forget the next night and have to ask her um, partner, what happened last night? I just can't remember. So then at the end of each um, episode, just having a brief conversation, either self-talk to yourself or out loud about what happened, just to kind of recap it, put it in your own words. And then that really helps, again, kind of learn that information and helps you remember that information. So there's some of the practical strategies that um, I discuss with women and that women find really helpful. So as I said, they're they're very practical, very easy to implement, but it's a matter of actually taking the time to to do those things. Yes, and certainly that's so interesting about TV shows. That uh, sounds very familiar to me, surprising the ways in which um, forgetfulness and brain fog can creep up on us. And the thing that I find frustrating is it's not always consistent. One day you'll have that name absolutely right there on the tip of your tongue and the next day it won't. And it's that that inconsistency that is really frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it isn't the same all the time. It can be, you know, as you said, one day you can be quite sharp in your thinking and feel like, yep, going really well and then the next day just be really struggling and it's, sometimes it's it's obvious why you can think oh last night I you know was had insomnia like a terrible night of sleep and it makes sense sometimes it really doesn't and again it could be related back to those fluctuations in our underlying hormones or it could be we don't know exactly but as you said it's, it's not consistent so there can be you know great thinking moments and other moments where your thinking is just not not where it should be. I'm interested that there's emerging research uh, around how important exercise is for concentration, and I'm wondering whether any of that plays into this as well. Yeah, absolutely. There is a lot of research, as you said, looking at how beneficial exercise is. Basically, anything that's good for our physical health is also really good for our cognitive or our thinking skills our um, our brain health. So yes, exercise is really important. 
other lifestyle things that have shown to have some benefit in the literature is diet. So um, as much unprocessed plant-based food as possible, like the Mediterranean diet, there is literature, not specifically for menopause, cognitive changes, but just for good brain health and good and better thinking skills, reducing stress in whatever way suits you. So sometimes that's exercise. For other people, it's, you know, mindfulness or it's meditation, um, whatever it is that reduces stress in your life, do, you know, doing fun things is also really helpful. The other um, lifestyle thing that's really good for thinking skills is making sure you're socially connected. So making sure you have a good circle of friends or family that you are in touch with. That's also helpful for thinking skills and then making sure we use our thinking skills. So, and that can be whatever it is that you enjoy. Like I don't ever advocate for someone sitting there playing chess if they hate chess. Um, So it's just using your brain in whatever way you enjoy to keep challenging yourself. That's also really good for just keeping our brain active and our and our cognition functioning as well as it can. So it's not about um, brain training games necessarily. I always say to to people, it's it's whatever you enjoy, like using your brain, but doing it in a way that you enjoy. There are heaps of brain training apps and websites, and some of them have got benefit, but often the benefit is limited to what you do in that brain training app. So if you're doing some sort of um, brain game, you might get really good at that brain game, but it might not really transfer or translate to everyday life. So you're better off just using your brain in whatever way that um, you find challenging and satisfying and enjoyable. Caroline, is this something that you um, are speaking from experience about? Is this something that has directly affected you that has inspired you to do this research? Um, n- not yet. Um, although I'm probably at the early stage of those perimenopausal years. The interest for me has come from probably more of a, a scientific place where, uh, or probably two places, one scientific place where I've been really interested in how hormones impact brain and, and thinking skills. So we've known for quite a few years that those sex hormones are estrogen, progesterone that regulate Um, our reproductive system also impact the way that we think. They have, you know, there's estrogen receptors in our brain, in our thinking skill areas, and they have a big impact on the way that we think. So that's, that's where my initial interest probably came from. But then it's also from a lot of um, clients that I've worked with or patients that I've seen who are going through menopause and they are describing to me that their cognition or their thinking skills just aren't where they should be. And it, Again, it wasn't something that we were specifically taught when I was training in neuropsychology that during menopause, women might experience this. So it often wasn't something that was considered. Just one thing, Caroline, in conclusion then, is there any advice that you would give your girlfriends? If you had a best friend who came to you and was like, oh, I'm just losing it now, what would you say to them? So I would say, firstly, that if it's normal to experience brain fog during menopause. So be kind to yourself, allow yourself to um, acknowledge that, yes, this happens to lots of women that might feel foggy in my thinking. And it's really different, the impact that might have for each woman on their day-to-day life. So that's that's the first thing is just to acknowledge it and, and be kind and know that you might feel better tomorrow, that it's okay to use different strategies. So if you find that you're relying more and more on diaries or notes or lists, 
that's absolutely fine. Do whatever you can in your day-to-day life to make everything as easy and as manageable as possible. They're probably the two things. Thanks so much for joining us today, Caroline. Um, and that's it for this episode. If, if you're interested in taking part in Caroline's research study, doing a 45-minute online questionnaire, we have a link in the show notes. Meanwhile, thanks listeners for joining us. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast. Also, pick up a copy of the magazine and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. Bye.